Hi, I'm Jill Lublin, and welcome to the show. So glad you tuned in today because we have such a terrific guest, Marcy Shimoff. Marcy, oh my gosh, I, there's so much to say about her, but one of the big things is she's the author of the New York Times both bestsellers Happy for No Reason and Love for No Reason and the successful Chicken Soup for the Women's Soul series. She has sold, get this, 16 million copies worldwide in 33 languages, and she's one of the best-selling female nonfiction authors of all time. Marcy has been featured in The Secret, and she's the co-founder of Your Year of Miracles. Welcome, Marcy. So great to get to be here with you, Jill. You are amazing, so accomplished, and I know you're a terrific happiness expert. So if you were to describe what is happiness, what would you say? Yeah, such a great question. You know, most people, first of all, let me just say that we have an epidemic of unhappiness in our society. We have more than we've ever had, and yet we are unhappier than ever. So clearly we haven't gotten it quite right about what happiness is. Um, the good news is that uh, science has actually cracked the happiness code and we know what it takes for people to be happy. And what it doesn't take is what we always thought it took. So we always thought, you know, there's that, that myth of happiness I call the I'll be happy when syndrome. I'll be happy when I get, uh, make more money. I'll be happy when I get a better job. I'll be happy when I get married or I'll be happy when I get divorced. You know, it's always the other, the next thing. And it just isn't true. So my definition of happiness, I call it being happy for no reason, is having an inner state of peace and well-being that doesn't depend on your circumstances. So that means that there are going to be ups and downs of life. That's the way life is. But when you have an inner backdrop of peace and well-being that you carry with you, then even when, you, when, when there is something challenging that happens, and there's always something challenging, you're okay. You know, of course, we're going to feel grief or sadness, but you're going to be okay. It's that inner state of knowing I'm okay, no matter what. I love that. I, I know, you know, I mean, people can look in on your life. What do you do in the times when you haven't been happy? What have you done? Well, you know, that was a lot of my life. So I can really speak to that. I was, I was born depressed and, uh, and I really had to learn the hard way. I, I, like most people, went after all those goals to get happy and I achieved them and I would notice something. I noticed I'd get a temporary high. Oh, good. I just, you know, had some big success. Yay. And that would last for a couple of weeks, a couple months, maybe no more than a year. You know, you have to just, and then you have to build up something else that you've got to go after. So uh, I, I, I ended up doing some research in happiness. And here's what I found out, Jill. And to me, this was like eye opening. We all have a happiness set point. And it's like a thermostat setting. And no matter what happens to us, whether it's good or bad, we're going to hover around our thermostat setting unless we do something consciously to change it. And so People who win the lottery, you know, you think, oh, I'd be so happy if I won the lottery. You would be for a little while, but within a year, you would return to your original happiness set point. And so the happiness set point is the key. And I'm going to get really practical. I know we don't have a lot of time, but I want to give people really practical tips you can use right away to be happier. But first, I need to explain to you where this happiness set point that's so important comes from. It's 50% genetic. You're born with it. Okay, I was not born with those good happiness genes. 
That's a little scary. <laughs> That's a little scary. That's right. But there's going to be good news on the other side of that. It's only 10% your circumstances. So this explains why you can work so hard to get all those things you think you need to be happy. And it's only 10% of the puzzle. You'll be a little happier, not a lot. The other 40%, which is the part that we can really do the most about, is our habits of thoughts and behavior. And I'm going to take this a step further. And you know, that 50% that we talked, that we said, oh, that's a little scary, 50% genetic. According to scientists in the field of genes, genetics, epigenetics, they found that even that 50% can be changed when we change our habits. So 90% of our happiness set point is based in our habits. And there are some very specific habits that we can all change to raise our happiness set point. That. Latin, to me, that should be taught in schools, right? Yes. You know, what's more important than that? Yeah, keep it really simple. I love that. Well, and I, I know that, you know, it's interesting because happiness and miracles could be equated, but they also could be in a way separate. And as founder of your year of miracles, I know that you have some secrets for how to create miracles. Would you just share a little bit of that? Because everybody needs a miracle, don't you think? I, I do think. I do think. So let me just explain a little bit about miracles. A miracle, according to the dictionary definition, Webster definition, is a surprise and welcome event that can't be explained by science that's often attributed to divine grace. Now, that means we can't create miracles because they are gifts of grace. But what we can do is we can put ourselves in the, in the energy that miracles will flow more into our lives. And some of that does have, in fact, to do with happiness. Because energy is, it, it, we all live in an, we have an energetic vibration. And the energetic vibration of happiness is a much higher energetic vibration. It puts you in the flow of miracles. I'm going to give you uh, three simple steps that you can do um, right away to shift into a greater energetic state to open to miracles. And it has to do with our thought patterns because our thought patterns really mess us up. Have you ever noticed that sometimes your thoughts are not the nicest? Yeah, so you wake up on that day and it just seems to go downhill if that's how you're waking up and the wrong, they call it the wrong side of the, the bed, wrong side right? of the bed. Well, you know, they say that we have 60,000 thoughts a day and for the average person, 80% of them are negative. It's called the negativity bias. We inherited this from our cavemen ancestors who had to remember the negatives or they would die. My friend, I think you're a friend of his as well, Rick Hansen calls it the Velcro Teflon syndrome. Our minds are like Velcro for the negative. It just sticks to us, but they're like Teflon for the positive. So let me give you an example, Jill. You're going you're gonna to have to answer this one for, on behalf of everybody. If you get 10 compliments in a day and one criticism, what do you tend to remember at the end of the day? The criticism, let's be honest. The criticism. Crazy. That is the negativity bias. Now, here's what happy people have done. They have actually reversed the negativity bias. So they have created new neural pathways in their brain where they Velcro the positives to them and they Teflon the negatives. And this is actually something that anybody can do. So I'm going to give you the three steps to do this. Simple. Number one, be on the lookout for the good. Pretend that that is your job every day 
find what's good out there. So as you're watching right now, I want you to think of one thing that's good. Oh my God, this is something good that happened today. Be on the lookout for it. One of the people that I interviewed for Happy For No Reason, she said that she pretends that she's the Academy Awards Committee. And her job every day is to give out five Academy Awards. And so she's, she's out there looking, you know, she sees a cute little white fluffy dog and she goes, oh, that dog gets the cutest dog of the day award. It's just, I love that. What can you give five awards to every day? Now, if you've got children, teach the, do this as a game with your kids because the earlier they can, they can um, play this, the better. The truth is that we have 2 billion bits of information that come into us like all the time, billion, you know, millions, billions of bits of information. And we only perceive a fraction of a fraction. And what we perceive is based on what our neural pathways are trained to find. So we need to retrain them to find. So that's number one. Number two, we need to savor that good thing that we've just found for at least 20 seconds. Scientists say that it takes 20 seconds for us to digest the positive enough that it will create a new neural pathway in the brain. So that means you're having, you're watching a beautiful sunset. Instead of saying, oh, that's a pretty sunset and walking away, you actually need to experience it for 20 seconds and imagine that you are drinking it in, you are eating it up. We are constantly taking in, eating our experiences in life. And so what we want to do is savor, it's like the most delicious meal for 20 seconds, that good experience. That's the second I, thing. Oh, wait, I just, I love this because I'm almost like, let's get the timer and actually time yourself, you know, how powerful that would be. So you feel what that is and you know what 20 seconds really is. And everybody's got a timer these days <laughs> on their yes. phones. <laughs> I never even thought of that, Jill, but that's great. And then the third thing is to simply go for what's called the three to one ratio. That means three positives to one negative. So every time you're, you're, you know, in some negative cycle, you want to replace it with three positives. So those are, those are the scientific ways to just really incline our thinking more towards that that uh, creating more of the circumstances to be open to greater happiness and more miracles flowing in. Mm, those are so practical. And I love that, Marcy. And you are such a great example of, um, of happiness in action, of miracles in action. I mean, you've created wonderful success in your life. Can I ask, what would you attribute that to? Mm, what a great question. And there are many, many answers. Um, I think that if I had to attribute it to a few things, it's number one, having the vision. I've always had a vision of what it is I was here on the planet to do. And I followed my vision. I listened to my soul about what to do. And I really believe that each of us is on the planet for a specific reason. And when we open to what that is and we follow that, that, um, that that's, I would say that's, that's one of the, things that I would attribute my success to. A second thing is <laughs> uh, persistence. You know, I feel like I'm a, a dog with a bone. 
it's I, I'm I have a I have a job here to do on this planet and I am here to do that and I will find ways to do it and if this way doesn't work I'll find this way and if this way doesn't work I'll find this way and then I'd say the other thing that I could attribute it to and, and Jill honestly you're part of that is I have the most magnificent support system and I really believe in surrounding ourselves with support and it's one of the principles of, of being happier it's one of the principles in your year of miracles program is we are not on this planet to be just ourselves we are here to be connected to other people and it has been my friends and my colleagues that have been so there for me and i i have to tell this story jill i'm going to tell on you okay i'm going to tell on you so um when i was needing to turn in my manuscript for happy for no reason it was a very stressful actually i think it was my proposal i was very stressed out very very stressed out and i had a deadline and had to get in and i couldn't i had to, to do all this work with it and i couldn't get it all together and i had two dear friends jill and steve come over to my home and sit with me until two or three in the morning to get that proposal out that ended up turning into my book that ended up you know becoming a new york times bestseller and jill i think of i think of that night so many times as you know just feeling so blessed to have your great support you know you read you speak about write about the prophet of kindness and i must say you are the queen of kindness and you've made a huge difference in my life so you know if if i if i were to say something to people i would say have your vision for what you're here for listen inside yourself follow your heart and soul be persistent believe in yourself and have friends like jill oh thank you well it's a blessing to support you and your vision out in the world and i just i know that you do have such a commitment to people to be happier to have miracles in their life to have love in their life to be successful in their own way on their own terms and i i love that about you i love your authenticity and mm. and uh re really you know making it even though you make it look easy i know you also have your challenges and i appreciate you just being honest with people i love the, that i was born depressed that was so funny <laughs> and you know i i think that yeah. this is this this life that we live it, we're we're in school and we just all have a different curriculum so it's not a bad thing that you have challenges it's what your your life lessons are it's what you're here to do and so instead of looking at, at it like, oh, that's awful, I can't stand that I have that challenge. It's like, okay, I'm on curriculum of letting go, or I'm on the curriculum of working hard, or I'm on the curriculum of taking care of myself. What's your curriculum? Oh, that is a great question. And I also think, honestly, curriculum changes, right? I hear you totally. say it changes. Yeah, and depending on what stage of life you're in and what's going on out in the world and with you. Um, any final thoughts? Well, um, I, I want to speak a little bit about kindness and altruism and happiness, because in fact, there's been great research about the uh, benefits of people who are generous and an altruistic and kind and giving and not over giving, not to the extent where you're burning out or giving, you know, giving too much of yourself so that you're burned out, but the proper kind of giving 
actually leads to greater happiness. One of the, the longest term studies done on happiness um, went back to see people who are happy in their 70s and 80s and they um, most consistently had been involved in volunteering um, when they were in high school. So it's really, really quite interesting to see the correlation between kindness and happiness. I love that. Well, I know that you are very kind and very altruistic and always being willing to support others. Marcy, would you give them uh, ways that they can find you or if you have a free gift or anything I, that you'd I, love to share? I do. You know, I mentioned about happiness habits and there's actually 21 happiness habits that we can all practice to be happier. And I've created a, uh, a workbook free that I'm giving to everybody as a gift of all 28, 21 of those habits. It's a 28 page workbook. It has a little assessment in there to see how happy you are now and how you can raise your happiness at point. Then it's got a practice that goes with each one of those 21 habits. So that is at happyfornoreason.com. Happyfornoreason.com. And then if you want to live a miraculous life, uh, you can go to youryearofmiracles.com, and there I have a book, a little ebook on the four biggest mistakes that people make that keep them from living a miraculous life. And so I, I offer that with my heart to everybody. And, and Jill, I do want to leave with one last thought, and that is people are often saying to me, well, isn't it selfish to want to be happier, to want to live a miraculous life? You know, what about the world? And my answer is, I believe it's the least selfish thing you can do to be happier, to feel like you're living in the flow of life, because when you're happier, everybody around you is impacted. And there's a beautiful Chinese proverb that sums this up. I'm sure you've heard this, Jill, but I just love to share this because I think it's a perfect uh, reflection of this idea. And it says, when there is light in the soul, there will be beauty in the person. When there is beauty in the person, there will be har harmony in the house. When there is harmony in the house, there will be order in the nation. And when there is order in the nation, there will be peace in the world. And my prayer and my wish for all of us, for everybody here today, is that we all know that light in our own souls and that happiness in our own lives and hearts. And through that, we together help create more peace here on this planet of ours that certainly needs it. Oh, thank you, Marcy. Those are words that everybody needs to take into their heart right now. And I thank you for being on the show. You're amazing as always. And I appreciate you. Mm, thank you, Jill. Love to you and love to everybody. Thank you. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in. I know today's show was powerful for you as it was for me. And I uh, appreciate you tuning in. Go check out jilllublin.com and I'd love to help you get your message out. And I would remind you, remind you to practice a conscious act of kindness every single day. Bye-bye, everyone.